1: Welcome to another edition of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. I'm your host, Rock Thomas, and I have a very special guest with me. He is another bald brother. His name is David Downs. He's a whole life millionaire. We're going to talk to him about his journey to becoming a millionaire and maybe find out if he's already a multimillionaire. We'll see, but he definitely has dabbled in real estate. Welcome to this special edition, David. Thanks for having me, Rock. So let's go back. How how long ago was it that we met, and uh, when you started this journey of um, of masterminds?
0: You know, that's a good question. I was actually thinking about that the other day myself, um, and I believe that I started around four or five years ago. I think I joined M One. I was one of the earlier earlier pods to come through with uh, Brad Pickett, and Nick Spohn, and Ariel, and all of the, the OGs back in the day. So I think it's yeah. I, mean, I think it's been about five years.
1: Okay. And so when you started, tell us what you were doing, where you were living, what was your what was your world? Yeah,
0: so my world, wow, a lot has changed in five years, I got to tell you. Um, so five years ago, I was living in California, and I was a business development officer for Stewart National Commercial Services. Uh, so I was doing business development for a national title company out of San Francisco, and um, yeah, I was just doing all the things, right? I was trying to pay back student debt, had the corporate job, you know, had bought the house, you know, all, all of the things. And how I came to meet you, Rock, was through a couple of guys that I um, was in uh, business partners with, uh, I think it's Prashant Varga, David Laver, And some of those guys were like, hey man, you're killing it. You need to, you need to talk to Rock. Rock's got this program M one, and I think you'll be great for it. And I think my net worth at the time was maybe $50,000. Wow. And what were you earning
1: uh, annually at your job?
0: So at this point, annually, I was a junior BDO, and I was earning probably about, with incentives, I would say about 150000 a year, give how or take much? with incentives, yeah. Okay,
1: which is good. It's above average for sure. And what did you study to have, what education, what did you invest in your education?
0: So up until the point where I met you guys, there wasn't a lot of investment money-wise in myself. I was just doing a lot of, you know, listening to a lot of podcasts, you know, trying to read the right books and just kind of trying to find any and everything I can because I had the idea. I knew that I wanted to be financially free, but honestly, I didn't have the roadmap of how to do it. And I was just trying to kind of figure out everything. I was doing the the 401ks at work and kind of reading about the stock market. We were investing in real estate, but like we bought, but just personal residences, nothing um, as investment properties at the time. So I, I knew that there was a, uh, a way to do it, just didn't know how. And at the time also, we, we had a couple of small businesses we owned, we owned a CrossFit gym and a supplement company. And, you know, I was doing the entrepreneurial thing at night and the corporate thing during the day.
1: And what did you study in college? So, in college,
0: I actually graduated from San Jose State with a uh, Justice studies degree with a minor in business.
1: Wow. And what did that cost you? A
0: lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like the first two years I went to school to be a pilot, and that that rang up the good old college wish. How many money hours did in. you
1: get as a pilot?
0: about forty four. I logged about forty four hours. So, I enjoyed flying, and and that's probably on my bucket list to finish my privates, but it was just after a couple years of it, I knew that it wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. And also, I was in school when 9-11 happened, so they shut down the airports, and you can imagine, rough time to try to be a pilot when all that's going on.
1: Yeah, Totally. Okay, so you spent a lot of money in your education. You got a job making $150,000 a year, but you weren't satisfied. So you started some side hustles and some things on the side. Then you came across M1. And then what happened? So,
0: yeah, so Prashant Vanka, who is, he's like, you just need to try this program. And, and at the time, I was just a yes man, right? So I was all like, yeah, sure, whatever it is, let is, let's go. So I signed up, not having any idea really what it was, and then started to dive into it a little bit learning. And, you know, with the name March to a Million with a $50,000 net worth, I'm like, okay, well, I want to be a millionaire, right? So that's kind of how we fell into the M1.
1: And so what changed for you as you went through this, you started to realize that there, are you know, entrepreneurial people maybe behave differently, do things differently. Did real estate then become your main thing?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was a journey. Um, like I said, about five years ago is when I, I found M1. And, and the biggest takeaway that I think I got immediately from M1 is that, you know, the people that I surround myself, you know, there's all the things like proximity is power. You are the average of the five people that you have around you at any given time. Your network is your net worth. Bam, bam, bam. Those are all 100% true. So learning that, like, you know, when you join M1, you get slid into a pod of people, like-minded individuals from all different walks of life. And then you get access to this network of people just like you. So, you know, if you're in a proximity where you don't have people in the same area, it's hard to continue to level up in a sense because you don't have access to the knowledge. You can, yeah, you can go to the internet and Google it, but you don't have people that you can actually learn from and grow with. So that was like the immediate thing that I got from joining M1 immediately. And then the year long, like, the year long process. It, it was, it's a growth process. It's like going to school. Like you had homework assignments, you had like leaderboards where if you didn't do your homework, people were like getting better percentages than you. It was, it, it it appealed to the athlete in me to be like, to want to continue to to be better. And yeah, it was a huge growth for the first year of M1. And you know, my network didn't grow a lot in M1, but my, my I grew as a person a lot in the first year.
1: Yeah. Wow, you said a lot there. I want to unpack that, a little bit of that for the listeners. One of the things that science is showing us is that as humans, we want to connect and belong and we want to matter. And so we created this ecosystem where if you don't keep up with the guy beside you, you feel this sense of pressure, but it's a positive pressure because you don't want to be left out. You want to run the marathon. You want to buy real estate. You want to manage your money better. You want to do your homework assignments so you get the bonus points and the cash back if you have a competitive spirit. If you have a spirit of, I'm only looking for easy, then this probably isn't the path for you. But let's face it, not everybody is gonna become a millionaire in their life. If you look back, are there some rituals or routines that affected you more than others? Maybe the Sunday system for success, for the morning or the evening? yeah
0: <clears throat> some sort of um,
1: things that, that you used?
0: So when I joined him, when I was not a morning person. I didn't ever think I was gonna be a morning person. Uh, The first book that I read was Miracle Morning, and it was the game changer. I just started to read the book, easy read, started doing it, and then getting up early, timing myself, meditation, journal, reading, right, cold shower, setting that morning routine was the foundation for the rest of my life. That was the hugest, I would say that was the hugest pivot for me. And then I became a morning person, which was, it changed the game.
1: Yeah, you know, I I love the fact that you say I wasn't a morning person and I became a morning person. So many people think that they are the way they are and it's immovable. I'm shy. uh, I'm not good with numbers. uh, I'm not entrepreneurial, but we are all being affected by the people we're influenced around, the people that are changing their world and dragging us with it. Is there somebody in the tribe that particularly influenced you?
0: Oh, man, there was tons of people that uh, influenced me. I mean, like Rock Thomas, obviously you were one of the big ones that did. And then the people that I was surrounding myself with that I still stay in contact. I mean, I can't list all of their names, but there was like Emanuele Plani, uh Nick Spone, Brad Pickett, Ariel, Rhonda Smith. I mean, all of my pod brothers, like the, the list just goes on. And the big pivot, too, was when I went to my first event. So when I went to my first event and actually got to meet a lot of these people in person and solidify these relationships that I mean, I've had for five, I still talk to all of these people five years later, multiple times.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a little bit like curating from the population, right? And taking the top three, 5% and then putting them in a room and saying, Hey, are we going to grab life big? What are we going to do? So speaking of that, David, how did you get your net worth to go from 50,000 to over a million? So,
0: you know, it was, it was an interesting ride because, you know, like they say, the first million is the hardest and I can contest to that. I mean, getting to the first million is the hardest. And so like I was saying is like my net worth was hovering around like 50 to hundred thousand when I started and I was just trying to figure out any way that I could. And I was being very impatient on like trying to find passive income and trying to find the way. And I just decided that, okay, real estate is going to be the way my vehicle to financial freedom. And like I was stating throughout the corporate Job, I was investing in like a condo, and then we had a single family residence in California. Did a couple house flips when we partnered with some people, so I was getting little bumps here and there. Bought a seven unit in California, and then it wasn't until about two to three years later that I decided to liquidate my portfolio and move it to the southeast. And that's when my net worth jumped from like 150 200,000 to like close to a million because I really wasn't understanding the equity that I was getting in these homes and the stuff that I was investing in because of the amount of appreciation California was getting. So I was getting a bunch of appreciation and a bunch of debt pay down that. I really wasn't pervy to, I was just trying to like, I was just looking at the passive income that was coming in, which wasn't a lot. So I was just like, okay, I got to continue my corporate job, pay all my bills, you know, take that 20%, keep investing it. And then when we liquidated the portfolio, I went from, you know, like probably a couple hundred thousand net worth, I became a millionaire, and I was like, "Wow, okay, I get it." And then through real estate, being able to the next probably I would say two years, I went from a million to uh, I would say right now, if I redid my net worth, right now I'm about ten. Holy so in two years God. I went from two to ten. Yeah, and Woo. it's all through all through real estate, just investing, reinvesting, using other people's money. I mean, there's 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 ways to get there. It's just the hardest part is figuring out how to get the first million. And I believe in my heart that the reason I didn't get there faster is because I wasn't mentally prepared to be there.
1: Right. But you know, if you get from, from 50,000 to 10 million in five years, I think there's anybody listening to this that would say, sign me up for that program. I'm in. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tempting for all of us to say, what a, shoulda, coulda should have bought the Tesla stock and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at your own scoreboard is, did you get better? Did you get better against yourself? And now that you're at that level, it opens up so many more possibilities. And I always say to people is that money buys you time. And when you yeah. have time, you have a higher quality of life and that's what m1 is all about is win the money game cuz you're in it whether you like it or not and most people aren't taught the skills that you've learned in the environment you've learned it and allow you to do that how old are you now david uh 38
0: be 39 in january
1: yeah so you continue on this path and you know it's going to take you into a place of complete financial freedom over time and you have a completely different sense of where you can go and impact um, what now is the priority for you? You know, we're coming out of uh, out of a year and a half of COVID. Are you pivoting, changing? Do you have a different awareness? Are you involved in crypto? Are you interested in NFTs? Any of that percolating for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, this last year and a half has been the best year and a half that I've had, you know, because it did it did allow me to pivot like... Re- so for me, right when COVID happened, I pivoted and was like, okay, I'm going to quit the corporate job and go 100% into real estate. Because I was always on that fence of um, like security, right? Like being able to like, you know, have the corporate job to have the benefits, you know, to, to say no to all of that is a big mental step from a scarcity to abundant mindset. So COVID forced me to quit my corporate job and go 100% into real estate. And that's where my hockey stick happened. That's where I went from you know, low, low million to to almost a double digit is because i I focused on on one thing. Um, and I feel like I'm just getting started. And so right now for me, I, I'm a big believer of staying in my lane. So I've kind of put horse blinders on because what I'm doing is working. Um, I invest in other people. So as far as like cryptocurrency, I invest in a small cryptocurrency fund, right? Um, as far as stock market, I, I invest in like the S&P 500. I don't mess around with it. I just put some money in there. Um, we're looking at NFTs right now because I think it's absolutely fascinating. But for me, a ma- large majority of myself is just, I am reinvesting myself in real estate.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I love that. I think a lot of people get tempted by the shiny object syndrome. And there's so much power and focus. There's so much importance in staying in your lane. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Have you is there something that you crossed off your bucket list in the last five years, something where you thought, you know, maybe it was going to be further down the road, but you moved it up?
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, we just got back from Egypt, which was pretty, pretty amazing. But like I, I think that a lot of the stuff just gets crossed off my bucket list as I go. And I don't really have a big bucket list per se, but I guess just to back up, like one thing about M1 that I do want to say too, is that we talk a lot about money and that's how I was really driven. But through, through going to M1 and learning about like all the pillars and stuff, like there's a lot more to life than just about money. Right. So we learn a lot about like, you know, you learn a lot about like your family and like you go through all the different things like spirituality. I mean, there's a bunch of different things besides money. And I was just focused on money. So it allowed me to focus on my whole life as a a whole life millionaire. And once I did that and I started to understand money as a currency and how currency flows is when I actually started to make a lot more money. So for bucket list adventures, I feel like I'm on one right now. And it's like anything like it's just it's whatever comes up. Now I have the freedom to just say yes. And I have to worry about it financially. Like if my buddies call me up and like, hey, let's go to Bali. I'm like, I'm
1: in. Let's go, because yeah. I've got the time and the freedom to go do it. Right. That's well said. I was just going to segue to the Whole Life Millionaire. Do you feel that the conversation was also um, around health and taking care of your body? We talk a lot about money, the March to a Million, but I've always believed that you know we solve that problem for people because 97% of the population are struggling with money. But at the same time, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the zest for life, And the new phrase we're using in M1 is if you're not horny for life, right, then you're never going to break through. You got to have that desire, but at the foundation is how you sleep, what you eat, how you choose to move your body. Did you feel there was some uh, emphasis around that in the tribe as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I was lucky
0: because like before I got into the corporate world, I owned gyms. I've always been about maximizing recovery and sleep and organic foods. And, and I competed in like CrossFit and Olympic lifting. So for me, I, the health was like the best pillar for me. Like I had, I had that pretty much down, but there is a big emphasis on health because you're true. Like if you don't eat right, if you don't sleep right, if you don't take care of yourself, two things are going to happen, right? One, you don't have the energy to go make the, the millions that you want to make to be financially free. But then also, if you don't take care of your body, how are you going to spend all of those millions when you get, get a little bit older? So, you know, it's all about buying back your time. So why don't you maximize the amount of time that you're going to get happier by investing the time in your health?
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you don't have your health and you can't live longer, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but men live five years less long than women. And the major reason is that they don't express their emotions and they end up developing addictions to deal with it. And so if you can start to have a conversation around that and start to open people up to that, then not only do you live longer, but you live stronger. And that's really what you want, right? I don't know, mm-hmm. how, did, did you get COVID? I believe I did, but I didn't like
0: test for it. Like I was at a, a multifamily national convention for work in Florida, in Orlando, before COVID was even announced. And I got sick really bad for two weeks when I came home. And I believe that I had COVID then, before it was
1: even announced. Yeah, and so a lot of people that haven't taken care of their bodies end up getting COVID and some of them pass away sadly because they made decisions in their past that affect their future. So the awareness around the health piece is something that we're very conscious of. Mm -hmm. All right, a couple more questions for you. You said the Miracle Morning was one of your big takeaways, being around a positive peer group. You've used real estate to increase your net worth. What are, are there any other takeaways from the system, from the learnings, from the mindset pieces that also stood out for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I'm just trying to remember all of them. I mean, there's so much that we learned throughout the year. I mean, I, I probably should go back and re-watch it now. It's like re-remember <laughs> and relearn yeah. some of it,
1: right? Well, you've probably you know? integrated a lot of it and it's yeah. unconscious now, right?
0: Yeah, it is. It is in the subconscious. And and the person that I am today and the person I was back then, it's it's a whole different person. And, you know, a lot of it also has to do with the spirituality concept of it as well. I've done a lot of work on myself spiritually and, and how to be present with everything that I'm doing and to really enjoy the process. I think that would be the biggest takeaway is, and I don't know if it's exactly answering your question, but enjoy the process. I was so stressed out and so hard on myself that I wasn't a millionaire and I put all this time into it that I really didn't enjoy it. Now that I look back over the last five years, I wish that I would have spent a little bit less time stressing out because it's going to happen. If you, if you stick to the course and
1: you do the things, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things we teach is focus on the gain, not on the drain. Right, Most people focus on the gap. I'm not where I want to be. But when you continue to look at the progress and you get other people to share that with, and all of a sudden you feel better. Humans like Mm -hmm. progress and it excites us. And I think that's part of what we do. You're mid-30s, did you say? 38? Yeah, 38. So go back to 18 years old. What would you tell your 18-year-old self that you know today?
0: Uh, To tell my 18-year-old self? Let's see. I would tell my 18-year-old self to to enjoy the process because it's going to be a hell of a ride and I wouldn't really change anything. Like, you know, similar to you, like my, my backbring is I, you know, I didn't, I, I had to struggle for everything that I have. I was for the first person in my family to graduate high school, let alone college. And that's been a story that I told myself for a long time growing up and it had a negative connotation to it. And you can rewrite your story. And like, I look back at it now and I'm like, I'm glad that everything has happened to me in my life because it it's allowed me to have the drive that has got me to where I am today so i'm very fortunate and grateful for everything that has 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 happened and i would yeah just tell my 18 year old self to uh yeah to just enjoy enjoy the ride and celebrate the wins more
1: yeah so you've made some friends in this community what is that like for you now going forward knowing that you know many people get to the end of their life and they go i wish i had one good friend right it's it's showing that a lot of people don't even have that. How important is it now to develop these friendships and to grow through the disappointments, the challenges, et cetera, but also to be able to celebrate the wins with people? It's
0: it's very important. And, you know, you you start to understand, like it if you don't have a, a peer group that is on the same level with you, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you get down because you're going through certain things that you can't talk to somebody about, right? And having this group that you can talk to, I mean, I have... I've got so many best friends now and and unfortunately they don't live close to me. I'd love for them all to move to Nashville, but they live around the country and around the world. So now it's like I get to go visit my friends in amazing places and you just hop on an airplane and go visit your friend and you can jump on zoom and talk to a buddy, but they're all going through the same things you are. So you feel that you have a support group and you can hold space for other people as well, but it's not as lonely. It's lonely when you don't have someone who is, on the same level as you.
1: Yeah. Now you talked about before about real estate and you were focusing on basically just on the cash that you were making, but then you learned that there were other ways that real estate benefits you financially, correct? Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a game changer for you. I always say there's, there's one obvious way to make money in real estate and three kind of hidden ways. Can, can you explain them a little bit to the listeners? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that you could you buy a property and you're making say two hundred dollars a month cash flow after you pay for everything, and they're like, "This is a bad investment." I'm getting my tenant calling me with a broken toilet and I, this and that, and they give up because they don't know the other three. Do mm-hmm. you want to do you want to chit chat about that a bit? Well, sure. Yeah, the way that I look at real estate is, um, you know, number one, the, the scorecard
0: right off the bat is cash flow, right? Because you want to buy cash flowing assets that give you passive income. And then you also get a, appreciation, right? So at, over the years, you know, there's there's inflation, but you're also going to get appreciation over the years in real estate. And then you also have debt on the property, so you actually pay down debt as the as you continue to own the property. And then also there's tax advantages, so you actually don't have to pay as much taxes on the real estate. And there's ways to actually bonus that to where you don't have to almost don't have to pay any taxes. But the best thing about real estate that I want to harp on people, especially right now in our economy is the number one asset class out of everything, not even real estate is debt. Debt is the cheapest thing that you can get into right now. And I'm talking about good debt on assets, not liabilities. Don't go out there and buy cars and run up credit card debt and stuff. But right now the interest rates at the lowest that they've ever been, and they're not going to stay there. So Think about if you go out there and buy, buy like a five unit apartment complex. That five unit apartment complex, you're going to get a loan on it for the next 10 years. And that interest rate's going to be around three and a half to four, maybe four and a quarter percent. That's going to stay that way for the next 10 years. So as your real estate appreciates and then rents go up, your cash flow is going to go up, your debt's going to pay down, but you're still going to owe the same amount of money all the way for the next 10 years. So, like for me, if I could drop you guys a real estate nugget, I'm on a dash. to to accumulate as much real estate debt, good debt, um, 65% loan to value in the next two years. I think last year we picked up about $40 million of debt. So I'd like to double that this year, but there's real estate is a very, very powerful vehicle and the cash flow will help you be financially free now, but as long as you continue to stack that, there's a lot of other factors that are gonna help you out.
1: Yeah, and you know what's so fascinating is that this is something that's been around for hundreds of years, And most people are unaware of those ways that you pay down debt. I've done the calculation many times, David, and just on a simple purchase, not even like a a stellar purchase, just on a single family home, when you add up the appreciation, the increase in value, the depreciation, the mortgage that's being paid down by your tenant, the tax benefits, my return investment falls between 25 and 33%. And so you gotta ask yourself, are you gonna wait to buy real estate? right? Or are you going to just buy real estate and wait and watch the magic happen? And so that's exactly what you've done. It's worked for you. It's not only made you a millionaire, it's made you a multimillionaire. You've taken care of your body. You've taken care of your mind. You've taken care of your spirit. And you are a true, true role model for us in the community. And I thank you so much for sharing the time with us today on on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Amen. You've been listening to David Downs, the whole life millionaire next door And if you would like to become a millionaire next door, to make sure that you go to rockthomas.com, you hit the apply button, you get on a conversation with one of our directors of opportunity and find out truly if we have the formula for you to help you get to where David's going and many other people, hundreds of people I've helped to become whole life millionaires. Maybe it's your turn to do it. Thanks for joining. If you like what you've heard, share this with somebody else, subscribe, drop us a note and we would love to help you get to the next level of your life. God bless And keep on grabbing life big.
0: So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life
1: you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.